You've heard of the expression, the calm before the storm. That's all about weather, I believe. But what about the storm before the calm? This is what needs to happen in order for groups to perform at their best. It's an idea that we come together, we form, and then we storm, we have some sort of conflict, and then we finally get to the norming stage, which is where things settle down and we start working together collaboratively. And finally, we get to this stage of performing. So we've got to go through the storm before the calm. Okay, that's what we're talking about on today's episode. Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now he's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, welcome to episode 104 of CRE Success, the podcast. My name is Darren Krakowiak. And I'm here to help commercial real estate leaders to develop their people and to grow their business. Now, I think you're going to enjoy today's show. We're going to be talking about whether leaders are born or made. So if you don't believe that you are a natural born leader, I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can outshine natural born leaders. And also, if you work on a team, and that's most people who are not working always by themselves, I'm going to be sharing some ideas about how teams can perform better. And specifically, I'm going to be sharing a story which may sound like a a bit of a low point in my leadership journey, but it actually turned out to be an inflection point from where things started to improve for me in this particular uh, environment that I was in. So that forming, storming, norming, performing idea that I told you about at the top of the show is going to be very relevant when you do hear me recount this story. Once again, this week, I'm asking Whitney Sewell to be our moderator for our discussion. Whitney is the host of the Real Estate Syndication Show, and I'm going to hand over to him now to get us started with the first question. Do you believe that you mentioned a little bit uh, earlier, but you believe that people can be a natural leader or, or do you feel like, you know, it's, it's more times than not, it's a learned skill, you know, or someone's taking action on um, self-improvement or are some people just more natural than others? I think some people are more natural than others, but I think everyone can be better at it if they decide to. And I believe that a unnatural leader can be a better leader than a natural leader. If a natural leader doesn't have any intention or decision to be a good leader, and a person who's perhaps not as predisposed to leadership actually decides that, hey, this is something that I want to get good at. So, uh, yes, there are natural leaders, but that doesn't in itself mean that you're going to be a good leader. I think it's more about the intent and the decision to, you know, leadership is not about you. It's about the people you lead. And so if you're willing to take on that responsibility and also make part of your career and part of your role about other people, then that's going to go a long way to making you a a better leader than just having some of those uh, attributes, which people associate with, you know, strong or or natural leadership. I love that. You just said uh, being a leader, it's not about you. It's about the people you're leading. Uh, That tells you a lot about if someone's going to be a good leader or not, I believe, right? It's how they how they interact with everyone, like you're talking about so much. And, uh, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, do they exhibit your role, your core values and emotional intelligence, self-control, those things. 
And, you know, I talked briefly before we started recording to, you know, just like the way you relate to others and will ultimately determine uh, your success. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. And obviously, it's what we're talking about, too, as being a leader. Right. But, uh, you know, go a little more in depth about that. I think if you're a commercial real estate agent, if you're an investor, people want to see people succeed if they like that person. If they don't like that person, then they're, they're not cheering you on from the sidelines. Now, again, that doesn't mean that you have to be the most liked person, but I think being friendly and cooperative and likable can go a long way to making others more predisposed to want to help you or at least to not be inclined to deliberately go out of the way to be unhelpful. So understanding the importance of people's skills and being that type of person that other people want to see succeed or at least are happy to see succeed. Like if you're that person who is going to be promoted into a role and then there's going to be an uproar because you've been promoted into that role, then you're going to have difficulties continuing to get promoted and continuing to advance in your organization. If you're a, an agent or an investor and some people just don't feel like they want to give you a leg up, then they will look for reasons and ways to sort of not include you in the process or at least they'll be favoring other people who they can prefer to deal with because they sort of like dealing with that other person better. So, you know, people are people, right? People want to deal with others who make them feel comfortable and who they have some affinity to. So it's important, I think, even if you're not naturally a people person, to at least put some effort and intention behind the way that you relate with others. And probably that's something that even though I'm an extrovert, uh, being uh, likable and agreeable and cooperative is something that doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. So it's something that I've had to you know, work a little bit harder at in order to make sure that, you know, people are happy to refer me work, that people are happy to recommend me or write me a testimonial or to continue to work with me. I want to make sure that there's nothing on the personal side of interacting with me that would stop people from doing that. And if I'm doing that and I'm, you know, doing work to the best of my ability and making sure that I'm doing what I'm, what I say I will do and I'm delivering uh, what I promise to deliver, then, you know, unless someone's just way better than me, then there's not really any reason why I, I can't be successful. Mm. Give the listeners uh, and I just some of those actionable steps maybe that would help us that you could say, okay, today you can start doing these, this thing or two things or three, whatever it is uh, that would help us to work our way to becoming a better leader. Uh, and, you know, for not only ourselves, but obviously for the people we lead, right? Our, our teams that we have on board right now. So I think understanding from a leadership perspective, you know, a few things I ask people that I'm working with to understand is where are we going? Why are we going there? And how will we know when we've arrived? So just having a clear idea about sort of where you want to take things, a pathway towards getting there, in terms of, you know, how you're going to get there and why it matters, right? So it has to be more than just making money. There needs to be a bit of a story behind it to, to motivate people and to bring people along in the journey. And then how will we know that we'll get there is just the benchmarks. And it's just how are we going to measure success? Well, we'll know we'll get there when we've done this or when we're starting to attract this type of client or when 
we've achieved this level of production or revenue. So I think being able to know where you want to go, to understand why it matters and communicate it that with others is a really sort of important thing from a leadership perspective. Um, I forget what the other part of the question was though, Whitney. So apologies if yeah, I Yeah, it's just some actionable steps for us to, you know, help uh, improve our leadership skills today, uh, you know, for the listener and myself, uh, you know, just to benefit us and in, in our in our entire team. Yeah, I, I think probably understanding emotional intelligence as well. So understanding how you're perceived by others, thinking about the way that that other people see you and the way that your behavior impacts others is 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 really important and and that's all about you know empathy it's about um it's it's controlling your behaviors to make sure that you're not impacting other people in a negative way so yeah it's 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 self control it's self awareness it's empathy it's it's those sort of elements of emotional intelligence can you speak to a time when maybe your uh, your leadership was questioned or challenged in some way and how how to handle that? Yeah, so probably about less than a year into my tenure at CBRE and and this was in in South Korea which is a very hierarchical culture and I took on that role when I was 35 years old. So people in the industry uh, and people who are older than me had issues with the fact that I was in that role. And I guess I did still have the reputation of being a bit of a hothead, even though I had done some work on my own sort of anger management, but I was still seen as quite an aggressive person and maybe someone who was too aggressive and, you know, we need to do things in a different way in career and that's not the right style and, and whatever. And I guess a lot of people who weren't happy with the fact that I had been given that position were still looking for ways to agitate me and looking to see if they could poke and prod me to see if they could get a rise out of me. And for the most part, I didn't give them that opportunity. But I remember there was one occasion where I was in a meeting and uh, somebody wasn't listening and I indicated to them that I wanted them to listen to the conversation with a little bit more focus and that person didn't follow my instructions or my request and you know, I got quite angry at them and I swore at them, which is probably not something that you would do in Korea. I think in a, in a Western culture, if your boss swore at you, it wouldn't be the, the end of the world, but in Korea, it's, oh God, he swore at us. And like, so it was this big thing and, you know, they made a complaint and all of this sort of stuff. And I think outside of Korea, my boss was like, what's this about? Who cares? Like, but I could actually see what the bigger deal was because probably it was something that typically a boss wouldn't do. And it probably was what they were looking for in terms of what they'd heard about me or what they thought was their problem with me. So I, I, I really did let myself down by giving them that rise. But I think it was also the, the little bit of, you know, it sort of broke some of the tension. Like I think something sort of had to fall to the surface. And funnily enough, after that incident, things got a lot better. So that was the thing that kind of brought us all a bit closer together in a way because, you know, we sort of had it out a bit and then we moved forward and, you know, we, we achieved some really great things. So that's the one that comes to mind. I've never told that story before, so I apologize if it wasn't a very clear story. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting to hear. And, and it's great that you learned, you you know, grew from that. And uh, and hopefully we can all do that as those things happen because they're, they're bound to. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app 
or visit us online at cresuccess.co.